Hey guys, let's celebrate. That was the first, like, I guess, official outreach, right? That they did giving out sandwiches. That that is literally, if if you guys didn't realize, one of the main functions of the church to serve the community. So props to Charlotte for leading that. Devontae will, yeah, give yourselves. I can't clap, but give clap you guys. So um, and um, also prayers to Will because um, if you guys don't know, I said there's such a history behind. Nepal. If you guys understand, Siddhartha, aka Buddha, was born in southern Nepal, they said, the prince. So that is a country where I think 2011 was like 1% Christian. I think it's 4% now, 10 years later, 12, 13 years later. That's a lot of people that don't know the Lord there. So prayers for Will as he's going out there. Maybe he'll start one day a nonprofit called God in Nepal or something. I don't know if that's prophetic, but I felt like, well, this is not just a mission trip for you this is going to be like eye-opening for you so covering for him um spiritual prayer protection all that um and um and uh i just want to again this is not we don't take this for granted thank you again to the huns for hosting if i was hurt the last thing i want is people at my parents place so i i mean thank you for opening always and um your son has a great voice john so um (laughs) great voice so they're not laughing. It's okay. Let's move on. It, it is so good to see everyone this morning. Um, I, I really mean that. There's something different when we gather as a church with one another. You know, you, you gather with the Lord in your individual prayer walk, prayer life, all that. But when we meet each other, it's so good to see you guys. So I'm excited Come on. to talk about rest today. Um, just, just a week ago, I, I got a used but very new condition bike and i was so excited to ride it and i i I remember meeting the owner who was selling it to me great price for a very high-end bike mid mid high-end bike i said can i ride it she's like sure and i i rode it downhill and the genius of me did not know where the brakes were on the handlebars it's a it's the one that's curved handlebar not the straight that i'm used to so i'm going downhill in, in in the neighborhoods and i'm like where are the brakes and I, I so I'm like panicking. So it's not clicking that the brakes were probably under, not over. So I'm going downhill. I'm like, well, I could crash into a car. I could crash in the bush. So I crashed in the bush, fell on my hand. And I was just like, I had to take the bike to the repair shop. So it got a tune up, but that's another several hundred. And then now I'm out for like a month, month and a half. And I'm just like, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this season? What are you, why are you interrupting my plan? I was so excited because now it's raining less. It's, the sun is coming out. The wa- weather is getting a little warmer. Sometimes I just wear like the wife beater <laughs> right around. <laughs> which is, it probably looks like I'm some thug out there. But I'm just like, man, I'm excited to ride. And then this happens. So I think the Lord is trying to teach all of us in this season something about the fact that he is God. And if he wants to interrupt your schedule and plans, he can't really fight that. You can wrestle with him, but ultimately his plan, it reigns. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. Let's pray real quick, and I'll get into scripture and what we've prepared. Lord, we thank you for his place as we were singing that song, uh, when you walk into the room. Lord, your presence is so here. It's, It's so near. We can sense it. We thank you for Everything that you are doing from denial, from the start uh, to the continuation of a small community, just trying to branch out and just be 
very real and near to the people around here. So we thank you that you are, you have already started a work in us. And we pray that we also learn when to pause and take heed to the rest that you have called us to live. A, a, a way of life, not a way of life of working to death, but resting eternally in you. So we thank you, God. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I was reading a book, uh, just going over it again, called The Subversive Sabbath. Uh, I'm pretty sure John knows the book. The author is um, A.J. Swoboda. He's a four-square pastor, very well-known professor, author. I've seen him speak multiple conferences. It's so funny because when you meet him, he's kind of a tall guy, tall, skinny guy. He's so introverted. You can tell he's kind of like, yeah, he's going to talk to you, but he's, you can tell he's introverted. When he's up there on the pulpit, though, on the stage, it's like a beast of a preacher. You're just like, did you take something? Like, you're, you're a completely different person. So, anyways, I was reading that book. It's just about a little over 200 pages, Subversive Sabbath. I would check it out. And he says this, uh, Dr. Swoboda says, Godly rest, particularly in a 24-7 world, is never accidental. And only comes our way when we go out of our way to prepare for it. I'm going to say that one more time. Godly rest, particularly in a 24-7 world, is never accidental. And can only come our way when we go out of our way to prepare for it. A lot of us here, there's a ministry. I I don't usually say professional. I just say semi-pros back there. There's veterans. Some of us grew up in the church. Some of us are newer in the faith. Some of us are growing still, right? All of us are, but some are more um, <laughs> immature and some are very mature. There's all walks of life and levels in this room, right? And so some of us have an understanding growing up like, man, we, we, we got we to gotta do work. We got we to gotta perform and we got to at least set some groundwork. And so we have an idea of what this, this topic of rest. And what's interesting is, when you talk to certain people and ask them, hey, how did you rest this week? They'll be like, wait, what? What, what do you mean rest? I was busy this week. I told you all my plans, Peter. Like I have this list of stuff to do for my parents, my family, my kids, my job. I don't have time to rest. I'll rest when I retire. It's interesting, right? Turn to your neighbor just real quick. Say, give it a rest. Say it like a minute. Give it a rest. For some reason, I was picturing it in like a British accent to myself, but like, give it a rest, you know, so, but rest is almost like not prevalent in, in, in our society, especially in the U.S., in this, right, Western society culture. We are all about go, 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 and not knowing where the brakes are, and eventually we crash and we go, what happened? And you're like, well, did, did I read the instructions? Did I, did I, did I kind of see the big picture or was I just going a straight path until I crashed and collided? The point I'm trying to make is rest is almost like a side hobby as opposed to the main career. And for us as believers, for those who have trusted in God, if the work of God is eternal and complete, what Jesus did on the cross, we're not working to a eternal rest. We're working from an eternal rest to this continuation of, of joy, celebration, adoration of Jesus and his work. Amen? So there's three R words that I thought of uh, for some reason. And 
uh, the first word I thought of as I'm going through Matthew 11 was this idea of reset. The first word, reset. You guys play chess. I lose all the time. I get so mad because these people are like nerds, nerds. And I'm just like, how do you know chess so well? It's like, that's the only game I play. I'm like, nerd. (laughs) So this idea of resetting the board. After you lose, you reset, you put the pieces back in play. And some of us, I want you guys to like ask yourselves right now, write it down if you need to. When is the last time you've reset? Because I understand you guys, you guys like, I'm working, working, I'm, I'm busy, Pete. You, you don't understand. You, got, you guys are like, Peter, you're so smart and funny, but you don't understand. I don't know why you're laughing. And I, I need to, and, I, and I'm, what I'm asking is, no, seriously, have you ever considered resetting the board? Resetting the plane. And I, again, I don't know your guys' lives, but the God of the universe says you need to rest. So if he's asking you, have you rested? It's a serious question, yes or no, if you've, if you've done that. And so I was thinking of resetting. And Jesus, in, in the context of the, uh, the Hebrew people, the Israelites at this time, conquered by Rome, they're subject to their reign. Jesus constantly encountered primarily these Pharisees that put these religious burdens and, and, and these hard rules and regulations upon God's people who were supposed to point people to the the topics and themes of justice, mercy, and faith. Yet they were more more focused on if the people were tithing the right amount of cumin dill, right? The the, the exact amount of herbs to the Lord. So Jesus is going about and he's training and raising up his apostles and they're coming from this spiritual high. They're like, because just in the preceding chapter, they're like, they're going about, God, Jesus has sent out the apostles by twos and they're doing healings and miracles and and they're excited. And sometimes we can get so excited in the work of God, what he's doing now, that we forget and we neglect the word of God. That that gives us a rest in a different sense. Man, I'm, I'm still young, I'm 32, but reading scripture in my own private time, there's something, it's, it's just so life-giving now. I didn't understand that when I was a kid, teenager, but now when that quiet time and just going into his word, like I was getting spiritual high reading genealogy in Matthew 1. I was just like, this is so good. Like revival, I was like, denial, this is like, I'm reading genealogy, right? The 14 generations in, th- in three sets. And I'm like, wow, this is so good. And so this is a reminder as we reset, what are you doing in this time of recovering, right? And so Jesus is encountering these people who are putting these burdens on his people. And some of these Pharisees knew the law so well, the Talmud. They knew um, all these things they could recite it without even looking at any text. You know, they were, they were very intelligent. Yet in, in this, 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 call, this, this lifestyle that they pursued of just knowledge and making sure people did it, they forgot that God is their rest, that God is their all. And, and, and why I'm bringing this up to us is some of us love the word of God. Some of us love reading books. Great. That's, please never stop doing that. But the author of Ecclesiastes reminds us that much study is weary to the flesh. Meaning that make sure that as you are studying and pursuing him, that you're also taking time to just bask 
and letting it simmer in your mind, heart, soul. That God, I'm, I'm, I'm studying, I'm learning you because everything's finished, right? Second word I thought of was this idea of recalibrating. It's just, you take the illustration of a bicycle. I took it for a tune-up. I was so mad that it needed a new wheel, even though it was pretty new. But this idea of recalibrating, you know, if you go to, um, what is it, the, the doctor, right, or the massage therapist, sometimes they got to reset that bone or, or joint, right? And every time he did it to me, I had a massage. What is the term again? I can't. I'm going. Chiropractor. Thank you, Laura. Nurse Laura. Get off her deaconess, Laura. Um, I remember he reset you. And adjust you. And thank you. Give it up for deaconess, Laura. And he would reset my neck. He'd reset my joints. And he was sneaky about it. He, he talked about something. And then when I was in painting, just suddenly reset it. I was like, you want? I was getting mad at him for doing that. He didn't. He didn't say, "All right, now we're going to do this." He he would bring up a story about his kids, and I'd be like, "Yes." And then suddenly, Sasa, go for the go for the reset. You right? And 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 here's the thing: the the, the idea of I get it, guys. Busy lives, twenty four seven world. We barely get rest. We're tired. We nag. We get bitter. But if you're not recalibrating in, in your everyday life. And every week and every month, there's only so much you guys can go. Some of you guys are actually injured. You don't have this. But some of you guys are injured or debilitated in the sense of how are you going to work if you haven't reset, recalibrated, rested? Guys, this is not a call to laziness. This is a call to responsibility and accountability. This is a call to continue in what you're doing. But making sure you are pausing and being easier on yourself and understanding, man, grace is constant. There's so much of it. I can never stop taking grace. So I can take five minutes in the day or I can take an hour in the day. It's very practical. Or I can take several hours on whether the weekend or whatever off day and just like sit in his presence and just let him start speaking to me. Some of us, we pray this. I remember this, especially as a child. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. And I'm like doing multiple, I'm doing so many things. So many hobbies, activities. We remember, and then it's not like life gets less busier as you get older. But some of us pray this. We're like, Lord, speak to me, speak. And it's like, can you just hush, child? Father's just like, can you, can you let me just move in your life and interrupt you? And so the final word I was thinking of was, the idea of resetting, recalibrating, and, and recharging. <laughs> also like re- restoring. Because Matthew 11 in its fullest context, as the Lord is saying to his children, come to me. He's, he's, saying, he's not saying, hey, I'm going to take that yoke off you so you're lazy for the rest of your lives. And you are hyper grace Christians that only pe- preach grace and never go out in the community. No, no. He says, let me give you my yoke. Let me, and a yoke, by the way, was the mechanism on the bull, oxen, calf that, right, pushed and, and did work. Picture someone like Will, his height with Isabella, or David with me. It's a little off, right? You need to be yoked to the right person, right? The animals needed to be yoked right. Sometimes, however, a weaker animal could be yoked to a stronger animal. And the younger animal, the weaker animal would, would learn. 
And so the idea of Jesus putting his yoke upon, take your, take my yoke upon me and learn from me is saying, man, there's no one better to learn other than the Lord Jesus. And if Jesus rested, and if God says in the very beginning, he brought up to God rested, man, who are we to say we can't rest? Does that make sense, guys? And so uh, as I'm going through learning the Sabbath and rest, and especially personally, I was like, I don't think I rest well. Actually, I don't remember the last time I Sabbath, to be honest. And, and it says, remember the Sabbath, though. And some of us are just like, again, Peter, you're so funny and handsome and good looking and funny. <laughs> it's not funny. But, but you don't understand. I'm so busy. Like, you really don't understand. I have my calendar. Look how full it is. And guys, I'm, it's not against me. It's like the Lord is saying, rest, child. Don't worry about those areas. We just saw how Jeremy prayed for us. Like, don't let the Lord come in and, and, and surrender whatever you have. Give it up to him. I don't know what you guys are going through. To be honest, I don't really care to hear every day what you guys are going through. Hey, the Lord does. Come on. Surrender that to him. Don't let us, me, John, don't ever let us be the, the primary counselor. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide and your witness and give it up to him. And this all leads to this idea of I'll give you a bonus R word, remain, mm. remaining. So many times we're like, Lord, I, I, I need to go there and I need to do this. And that's the destination. And man, the Lord is like, I am your destination. I am your eternal destination. Now, everything you do is a response to everything I've done for you. So remaining, it's very practical. But it's the idea of why are we resting and how do we rest? It's remaining in his word. It's remaining in this covenant community that we say, hey, we're going to look out for each other and we're going to grow together. Yeah. And it's remaining in the, the place you're at. That's why I love that our first outreach was to uh, orphans, you know, the impoverished out there. And there's, guys, there's plenty. We'll always be doing this. But let's also make sure that we're taking care of our souls. We're resting because it's so easy to do something good. In a bad way. We've, we've talked about that. So I'm going to cover real quick. I know I covered a lot. But um, if, you, if you turn to Matthew 11 with me. I know she read it. So I'm not going to uh, read it again. But I'm going to go really quick over the text here. And it's interesting. Jesus, he says in verse 25, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. Man, guys, let me tell you something right now. If you come into this idea of resting saying, hey, Lord, I know all the verses. I know what you're going to say. Um, just give me a rest. Man, I'm telling you right now, you're probably not going to find rest. If you're coming to the Lord and trying to rest, and you're saying, Lord, I, I, I don't know much. I don't have much to offer. I don't think I've done much. In another, I'm actually pretty irrelevant. But Lord, you've given me significance You've given me standing because of your son. Can you give me rest? Then that, that, might, that might work. You might be able to find rest. And, and he says in, I'm just going to jump to verse 20, the, the key verse there. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Hey guys, this is a very well-known passage of scripture. This is something that a lot of people say. It's one of my favorite verses because it's just, it speaks to me. And in this context of when he says, all who labor, guys, every one of us here, I'm pretty sure works. 
or studying or doing something, right? And in this context, Jesus was seeing the religious people, the Pharisees, also not only people are already struggling and poor and already are under these burdens, but now they're placing even more burdens upon the people of God. So that's what it means when it says, are heavy laden and I will give you rest. As we remain in him, that word right there, anapus, anapusa, is this idea of an intermission. It's to take a break. It's to take a rest from work. And so this idea of Sabbath, guys, thank you, Asher. This idea of Sabbath is, I don't know if this is something that we can do perfectly, this idea of resting. It's, it's actually something that we are encouraged to just do. Not perfectly. You might make a mistake of resting. You might suddenly say, hey, uh, I'm going to turn off my phones. You might get that emergency call and you might answer. And we're not going to be Pharisees to each other and be like, you messed up. You, you broke the Sabbath. You didn't rest. It's, it's something that we can't do perfectly. But Jesus is saying this is something we need. And he's saying he will give us rest. And sometimes it might not be physical. But I can assure you that we need a spiritual rest in this broken, lost, corrupt world where everyone is saying, guys, you guys, you guys need to go. You guys need to do more. And by the way, we will have other churches tell us that. But when we come here, this sacred place, when we gather, this is a place where the church can rest. That we were designed to rest. We were designed to be a place of rest. So when we come here together, we can say, not just how did you work, how did everything, but hey, did you rest this week? We can really see that we are doing that for one another. And the Lord promises he'll give us rest. So I'm going to pray and let's uh, keep that in mind to continue remaining in him. Father, we thank you for...